Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line. And we are back. We took some time off and we were only planning on being gone for a week. Just to refresh, you know, go on vacation and at least try. And that lasted about a day. <laughs> and then uh, it got cut short. My At least my vacation got cut short. Uh, you know, because life happens and I uh, ha- ended up having a family emergency. And we couldn't come back last week. So, but we are back now. Everything's okay. You know, uh, everything's calmed down in the past you know, day or two. So we're back and we're here and that's all that matters. And so while we've been gone, there's so much that has been happening and so much that we want to talk about, that we want to cover and so much that is still going on. So on today's show, we are going to be covering Derek Jackson. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is a how would you describe him? Like a YouTube dating guru, I guess. I don't know. A joke for me. <laughs> I saw him as a joke even before the scandal. <laughs> okay. So we'll that be, was what he was to we'll be. be <laughs> we'll be talking about his his cheating scandal. We're also going to be discussing breakout star from Bridgerton. I think it's, is it Reggae Jean or Re- Reggie? I don't know how to say his first name. I'm going to go with Reggae. Something soft. Yeah. Something soft. Reg- you are so wrong. We're going to go with Reggae Jean Page and his experience with um, the bosses of DC Comics and over there, Warner Brothers, uh, Jeff Johns. And we'll talk about his discrimination that he faced. And then we are going to talk about Josh Wheaton. So this story we have been wanting to cover for literally like the past maybe two months or whenever whenever the story broke out mm-hmm. and we just haven't been able to talk about it but we are definitely talking about it now so with that being said let's jump right into it and let's get started we're back baby all right so youtube guru or former guru or as my co-host like to call him a joke <laughs> Derek jackson came out recently that he has been lying to all of black women everywhere. I watched his videos. I, I mean, I watched some of his videos online. And he's a basically like a relationship expert dude. And he gives really like relationship advice to women about, you know, how to handle their men. And just, you know, re- regular overall, whatever. And I actually watched some of his videos. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, that guy makes maybe some sense or whatever, but I, you know, I'm not like an actual fan, but you know, he, he makes a lot of money off of this. Like he has books and, and all of this other stuff. And it recently came out that first of all, not even a lot of people realized that this guy was married with kids, but then he was cheating on his wife with not one, not two, not three, but multiple, multiple women have come forward and said that uh, Derek Jackson has been having an affair with them. And what got literally has a lot of people talking is the video that he made with his wife, where if you don't, if you have not watched it, go on YouTube, find the video. I'm sure it's there somewhere. And you literally see how uncomfortable, not only that she looks, but it's just, it's just so weird and awkward. The whole thing 
where he admitted it and the wife you know i I don't want to. I don't want to blame her in this because she definitely has nothing to do with it. The story is not about her, but girl, a lot of people are talking about just the way she looked on that video. It's like wave a flag if you need help. Like she just looked a hot mess on that video. What do you think about this? You know, not only is he preaching, you know, black men don't cheat. And, you know, women, you know, he literally said, I have no tolerance for men who cheat on their women. Like all of these things that women want to hear and sort of giving us inside into the man's perspective. And all this while you over here creeping around on your wife. I think, you know, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. You know, he understood his prey, his audience. He spoke their language and gave them a fantasy to gain wealth and fame right and as you said you know for me i'm I'm more concerned about his wife and not really her appearance but her reaction to what she's been through is is she living in reality with some of the things that she's been saying you know and and it really seems that she needs to come come to terms that her husband is with yeah everything that's been going on right so for you know for what we were talking about regarding the wife, she after after their sort of impromptu video where she stood by her man and supported him and you know said he's prayed to God and they've talked to their pastors, so she's very religious, and so she went on their her, on her Instagram page and they don't give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about the way she looks. That, you know, we might have seen a bonnet, but she saw the crown of God, and we might have saw raggedy-ass clothes, a shirt she had on, but she sees the armor of God, and, you know, Derek has put in the work, and, you know, God this, and, and I, I'm like, you know what, okay, I, I'm religious too, right, I, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but what I don't like is when people don't take accountability for their action, I, I don't like that, and when they try to bring God into it, and it's like, okay, God didn't tell your husband to go cheat on you, right? Like, and then now he's coming back and saying, you know, he's done the work, he's doing this, now he's all, you know, now he's he's found Jesus. And it's like, like, come on, take accountability for your actions. Don't sit there and try, like, if you want to defend him, that's great. You can go ahead and defend him all day long. But don't try to bring religion into this. Don't try to justify what he did and then wrap a little Jesus bow on it and be like, oh, now everything's fine because, you know, he's he's accepted Jesus now. And it's like, no, like, that's not what being a Christian is all about. I'm not saying that you don't make mistakes. Of course we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But I don't then go and, you know, I don't then justify it by saying, oh, well, I'm not going to take responsibility for what I did because... Jesus is on my side. It doesn't work like that. Or I can't be, you know, I can't get criticism for from people because, you know, Jesus is on my side. It doesn't work that way. You your husband has been leaving uh, has been leading a lie. He's lied to millions and millions of people who have supported him. He brought out a book, two books actually. He's doing public speaking, he's, you know, doing all these engagements literally discussing how you know his marriages or his his relationships uh, ships are 
and you know how women should should not tolerate men who cheat and men should try to do better and this and that and you're preaching all of these things meanwhile you have multiple women on the side like that's crazy to me i was the the person who broke this news was tasha k for those of you who don't know her she's a youtube blogger as well and she interviewed two of the women and one of them actually got pregnant by him so this isn't like you know uh, uh just a one-time thing like this is like i don't even know what to say i'm speechless like what what do you think of this whole thing like what are you just what are your thoughts on it i have to say this first that you know women especially the sisters they were thoroughly warned about Derek being a charlatan. Like, when this man came out, <laughs> you said I, made, <laughs> I made a response video to what he said. I remember years ago making a response video to him. You know, it never got anywhere, but I just remember other brothers online, you know, black men saying, this guy is selling you a fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, what he's saying isn't going to make sense in the long run that, again, even in the relationship, you as the woman, you don't really have to change or take accountability. He just needs to step up. That's just not, yeah, that's just not reality. That's not realistic. Mm-hmm. I do believe that the success of a relationship does depend on a man, but I don't think that a woman has no responsibility in the relationship, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what he was really very much so selling to his audience, he was speaking their language. Again, no no real accountability. And he was speaking about himself, really. You know, all those messages about cheating and insecure women, he was talking about himself. Right. He was going home, seeing what he did to his wife, and then making a video about her the next day. Right. You know, that's what was going on, and that's what he... That's what he really built his fame off of. His wife is one of the thousands of women, the multitude of women that listen to him. And he understood, man, I could make money off of this group. Right. You know, lonely groups of women, single group of women, just keep telling them what they want to hear. And they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay right here. Yeah. And, you know, even the, the craziest part is, this is how sick this dude is. He actually did a reaction video to his video of him and his wife talking about himself in a third party. How crazy that is was, that? That was so problematic, but expected. No one was in there shocked. It was like it was expected. Like this dude is a clown. He, like he's a clown. He's a clown. And what's worse is that he tried to make himself look good in the video. Like what? Right? It seemed like her man was really sincere. I'm like, really? So you're going to defend yourself. You're not even, you're going to do a reaction video and not really do it 100%. Exactly. You're going to try to make yourself look as much like the victim and that you're redeemable and that, no, man, he's broken and you're taking advantage of that pain. You're taking advantage of that insecurity. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to judge anybody. I I don't know their relationship. I don't know her. But from what I can see from that video, she seems a little, she seems insecure. I I can only imagine, you know, how he treats her because I watched the interview that Tasha K did with uh, two of the women. And one of the 
woman that she interviewed sounds really credible to me. You know, she her identity was kept secret for a reason because she's a surgeon at, at a hospital. So she is she has like a career career. She's not like an Instagram thought or whatever. So she's like, you know, a career woman. And she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a surgeon. She's a doctor. So I, I believed a lot of the stuff that she was saying, and she had receipts to back them up, right? So she she basically was like, this dude is is something else. Like, he's not only a, a mean, like, he, a, you know, he says crazy things how his wife looks. And even to her, he said, look, you know, she said he just met me, and he and she said she was describing an event where, you know, I think she she had just come out of, of surgery and she was at home and she was tired and he wanted to come over and she didn't, you know, gloss herself up. You know, she was like in sweatpants and put her hair up. You know, sometimes women, we don't want to get all dolled up. And he walked in and he was like, I'll come back when you, you've put yourself together. You look a hot mess. If he said that to her, I can only imagine how he talks to his wife. And then for him to parade her online like that, like thinking people wouldn't talk about her. Like, dude. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, do you think he can he can bounce back from this? Do you think that he he has a career after this, or do you think he's done for? Like, you know, black women who are majority of his audience, do you think they're done with him, or do you think you know he can come back from this? And then we'll move on. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Why do you think that? His audience is not going anywhere because, again, like I said, his wife is that audience. So you think there's many black be women, more insecure yeah. women out there who who are going to listen to him? I don't think there's going to be more insecure women out there listening to him. I just think that there's many, you know, black women who are her. They're they're his wife, mm-hmm. and they don't want to admit it, but there's a part of them that you know they they're not going to leave. Right? Mm-hmm. They could see the truth right in front of him that he's cheating, he's doing this, he's doing whatever, but. As long as he brings up Jesus, says, sorry, babe, I'll never do it again. They're not going anywhere. They're going to stay. Keep saying, oh, well, like, you know, even though he made this one mistake, all his other videos were still good. They still help me because they still want to live in that fantasy. That fantasy is still good. That fantasy is still a drug. It's still an addiction. They still want to feel good, even if they're not doing good. Let me say that again. They want to feel good, even if they're not doing good. Preach on. Preach on. And... That's why, you know, he, he, he's not going to go anywhere. In fact, since this incident occurred, he's gotten more fame. He was just a YouTube guy within the black community. Right. But now you got he's major everywhere. media outlets yeah. talking about him. He's His everywhere. name has come up in Europe. There's European newspapers talking about him. So he's not going anywhere. His audience has expanded even more, you know? Right. They may, he may not be able to make relationship advice as much as he used to, uh, uh, but apparently he's still planning on it. Like, I mean, how's he going to give a, how's he going to give relationship advice at this point? Like, who's going to listen to him? You know what he said? He said because now I've experienced something, my message is more authentic. That's what he said. For this is the same guy who says he has no tolerance for men who cheat. Yep. And his other people pointed out, yo, it's funny, the, the people that did investigations on this man, he said, man, in previous videos, you said that if, that if a man cheats on a woman, she should leave. She's insecure. She should do this. Now he has to run back. Clean that up. Do damage control on his own message so that his wife doesn't leave, leave him. That's crazy. Anyway, I, 
we can literally talk about this all day long. We could talk about the wife, but we don't got time for that. So we might come back to it, but there's so many more stories I want to get to. So let's just wrap this up. Let's get into it. Look, I do want to say one more thing, though. Yeah, yeah, very quick. On a very serious level, we got to be careful of people speaking our language to take advantage of us. You know, the Bible says that the enemy comes with kisses. Mm. You know, when I see people throw out Jesus and all of that, they're doing that to get back into our favor, right. to continue taking advantage of us. And that's what he's doing. Yes. So be mindful out here. I agree. Be definitely mindful. You know, the devil will wrap things up in a nice little bow for you and think he's, you know, and think, and you think he's giving you a gift and it's not a gift, you know? So we definitely have to keep our eyes open out here because he is working overtime. And one of the things that I, since, like, I hate it with a passion and hate is such a strong word, but it's like, stop hiding behind religion, okay? Like, just stop. Don't make a mistake and then all of a sudden you found Jesus and everything's supposed to be better. It doesn't work like that. Take accountability for your actions. And then if you find, if you, you know, want to go back to the Lord and, and do some work on yourself, that's great. Everybody is entitled to that. But... You know, this whole thing about I, I made a mistake, I found Jesus, everything's all good. It's like, no, it's it, it's not. Stop using that. Like, it, it's and just I, it's I have sick. To say this one, I have to say this one last thing, you know, not to offend the sisters out there, but understand, Derek Jackson is bringing up Jesus and faith because he understands that's the language black women speak. Because a lot of y'all, y'all will also hide behind Jesus rather than admit you did something wrong. That's true too. I'm not. I mean, I can't even. I can't even be like that's not true. That is absolutely true. There are a lot of people, including sisters, you know, who hide behind Jesus for everything. It's not right, but you know, it happens. All right. So when I heard this story, I was really disappointed because DC is a company that I isn't that my one of my dream companies that I would like to work for one day. But now, so the breakout star. From um, ne the Netflix show Bridget, uh, spoke out recently about the discrimination that he faced in the industry. His name is Rajay Jean Page, I believe I'm saying his name right. He came out and Jean said, Page. "Is it Jean Page?" Jean Page. Okay, thank you. You're the Haitian Creole guy, French guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so he told. <laughs> He told the Hollywood Reporter that he was up for a role of Superman's grandfather in the prequel to the Man of Steel movie back in 2018. It, we all know the show is called Krypton. It's not on now. It was only on for about two seasons from 20, I think it's 2018 to 2019, something like that. He was in talk to the lead show, which was set or supposed to be set 100 years before the birth of Superman. Jean Page or Jean, or wait, not Jean. Reggie Pay, whatever this guy's name is, <laughs> Regine Jean, stated that he did not get the role because of his race. He said, and I quote, he wasn't allowed to play the part because he was black. Okay, so he auditioned, auditioned for DC Comics. So multiple uh, sources allegedly told The Hollywood Reporter that Jeff Johns, if you're a DC guy, you know who Jeff Johns is. He's the former chair, co-chairman of DC Films, and now he's overseeing a bunch, like all of the DC properties. If it's on TV or a movie, Jeff Johns got his name on it. And he, you know, he's a he's a writer, 
for for DC Comics. I mean, he's literally DC Comics. And he was overseeing the project at the time, rejected the idea of J. John Jean, rejected the idea of him becoming super becoming Superman's grandfather and rejected the fact that a Superman could have a black grandfather. What do you could call him the Duke? Okay, the Duke. I'll, I'll call him the Duke because I don't want to keep yeah. butchering his name. So as we all know, the role eventually went to a white actor. And what do you think? What, what did you think of this? What do you think of that? For me, I understand the need to maintain the continuity of characters, well-beloved characters, global, globally known characters. Like I remember reading one time that the symbol of Superman is more known than the symbol of the cross, more, no, more known than the symbol of Christ, like as far as how much of the world knows about Superman. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't upset me that they didn't want to cast a black person to be the grandfather of Superman. But I know for them, there is, there's more to it. They just didn't want any blackness in Superman. That's what it, that's what the real reason is to me. Yes. So Jeff Johns has come out, you know, with his representatives. And <laughs> yo, th- this argument is just like I, when I heard it, I was like, "That's the best that they can come up with." It, it's crazy. So he, the publicist came out and said that Jeff never said that Superman couldn't have a black ancestor or be black. He said that there have been diverse versions of Superman throughout the comics for decades, so he does and can be diverse. He said, however, the expectation for Krypton was that it was initially perceived as a prequel to Man of Steel by the fans, and that led to wanting them to have, you know, someone who resembled a, I guess, young Henry Cavill. And uh, additionally, he said that that's that that's why that they wanted it to be a continuation of man of steel do you believe that do you believe that argument no i don't yeah, i don't believe I don't it either. at all i mean the the fact of the matter is that because it's krypton of course it has some connection to man of steel but we've done stories about alternate universes alternate time not alternate timelines time right it's it's been done so yeah, that's a very weak um, answer. Very weak argument. So, I, again, I'd rather you just tell me the truth. You just didn't want Superman to have any sort of black lineage. That yeah. would have been just better. Yeah, absolutely. So, the Duke wrote on Twitter on Wednesday. He said, hearing these conversations hurts no less now than it did back then. The clarification almost hurts more, to be honest. Still just doing my thing. Still we do the work. Still we fly. I think Jeff Johns is full of crap. And that's a lousy argument because <laughs> because if that's how you wanted to play it, then why was Zod in on the show Krypton? You were the one who actually pointed this out because I thought it was his grandfather or his, yeah, his grandfather that was in the show, but it was the actual Zod himself. So if you've seen Man of Steel, you know that Zod was played by Michael Shannon in the, in the movie who was white. But on the show, Zod was black. So then that sort of debunks your whole thing about it being prequel to Man of Steel. Because that doesn't make any sense. So how come it's okay for the villain to have black lineage, but you can't taint Superman's blood? To have uh, black blood, like I'm just, I'm just so confused here. 
I'm not confused at all. I've, I've always understood what's been going on. And I've said this to you before, when it yes, comes to prominent white male heroes, they're protected. They're not altered. Their masculinity is, is preserved. When it's somebody else, when it's a character we don't care about, that's when they're willing to race bend and gender bend and, and change this, that, or the other. But the most prominent white male heroes are never changed. I'm not mad at it, but don't lie to me and act like, well, you thought about it, but it was because of this silly reason you couldn't. No, that's not the real reason. Yeah, let's just be honest. Like, the real reason was yeah. you got a little bias in you. Maybe a yeah. little hint of racism. Yeah. And but if that's the case, yeah, if you want to protect the white male hero so badly, then give us the heroes that we want. Mm. Give us the strong minority heroes that we want, the strong female heroes that we want. This way, you know what? You don't have to worry about changing the, the white male characters. But right. again, if you give a strong minority heroes and strong female characters, you're afraid that they'll outshine the white male hero. So they have to keep using trickery and confusion, you know, to make sure that they don't give us what they don't give us what we want. Yeah. And you know, this wasn't the only accusation uh, made in this article against Jeff Johns. I'm telling you, we, we got all, Jeff Johns, got, it got himself in some hot water. Uh, so a writer on the show, Krypton, her name is Nadira Tucker, uh, tweeted earlier this, this year, back in February, that Jeff Johns once tried to tell her what and what is and what is not a black thing on the set. I'm telling the Hollywood Reporter uh, in this whole article, that uh, he objected when a black female character on the show had different hairstyles in the scene on different days. And Tucker said that she told Johns and said, I said, black women, we tend to change our hair frequently, which is absolutely true. We do that. It's not weird. It's a black thing, Tucker said. And he said, no, it's not. And the response from John's representative was that this is what he this is their excuse which is basically the equivalent of I have a black friend therefore I'm not racist this is what they said they said what what were st uh, standard continuation notes for a scene are being spun in a way that are not only personally offensive to Jeff but to the people who know who he is know the work he's done and know the life he lives as Jeff has personally seen firsthand the painful effects of racial stereotypes concerning hair and other cultural stereotypes. Having been married to a black woman who he has with for who he was with for a decade and with his second wife who is Asian American and as well as his son who is mixed race. What do you think about that? You know, you know how they say art imitates life or life imitates art. It's again like him being married to a woman of color doesn't change his own racism. Right. That he's trying to maintain, trying to maintain the white male masculinity that has to be preserved, has to be protected. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll play with the other minor characters, supporting characters, but, you know, the main white male character, that has to be protected. Right. And then using his wives as a shield or sort of immunity to the racism that's happening 
you know, we're not falling for that anymore. Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm really... like. It's the equivalent of I have a black friend, therefore I can't be racist. Yeah. That that doesn't work anymore. You you guys that that punch card has expired. Yeah. You know, we're not falling for that trickery that because you have some proximity to blackness or or anything else that somehow it it erases or negates anything races you've done or mm-hmm. put into play mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I, you know i have to say i'm just i'm very disappointed that all of this is you know coming up i can't say that i'm shocked because this is hollywood we're talking about so i you know i i just have to say that i'm i'm really shocked you know i mean the allegations just keep coming and you know another person said that you know they tried to make one of the characters you know gay or bisexual and you know, John's vetoed the idea, basically saying that, you know, I'd rather kill the character than have them be gay. Like, you know, and again, these are all allegations. You know, he's come out and refuted all of this, but I don't know. I mean, if where there's smoke, there's fire. So it's just really disappointing. It's, it's just really disappointing to hear that, you know, that this is, this is what they're doing over there. And this is who Jeff John's, is and this is his character and as a dc lover and like i said as a person who you know one of my dreams was to work for the company i I don't know like this is very sad to hear that the person who heads it thinks like this and his only excuse is you know i have a black wife or i had a black wife therefore i can't be racist doesn't really stand up and how do we like can they fix this? Can they, re- like, I, I, you know, I, I, that, I guess that's always my go-to thing is like, how can they rectify the situation? But is there any rectification that can be, that can happen? Like, what, what do you see, think? I th- see, I think in the long run, if we're going to be honest, we have to meet, you know, some of these white men in power in the middle. Honestly, they don't want to change their But the how can we meet, how here. can we meet in the middle? Right? Like, how can well, we... Well, I think we're asking for too much. That's what I, I if I have to be honest. Asking for too much. Uh, but is asking for too much asking to be seen, asking to be, re- asking to be represented? Because even before the show, you and I talked about it, right? Storm was one of the, you know, big major characters that, at least for me, when I was growing up, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a, she's a powerful woman She's an Omega-level mutant. She's, uh, you know, I'm crossing over to Marvel here. She's not part of DC. But I'm, I'm trying to make a general point where it's like, I, you know, I saw representation on television. And I could see this, this black woman who's, who, who was African, who was strong and who was powerful. And that, that meant something. And till this day, she's literally like the first comic book character that I fell in love with. I, like seeing that as a little girl meant something to me so i would think in return that asking for a little bit of representation for our for our for our children is not too much like i would want my son perfect example my son has seen the into the spider-verse movie with miles morales he has seen that movie so many times and he absolutely loves it because he saw somebody who was like him on television on in the movies he saw somebody who looked like him so is that just asking for too much to see representation of someone who looks like 
like reflected back at you? Is that too much to ask for? I don't think so. But then think about what would happen if they said we're going to change the race of Storm to an Asian woman or Latina or white. Think about how black young black girls now feel. Like, again, you don't get a lot of representation. So a lot of young black girls only identify with Storm. They don't see other black women like that in comic books. So because here's there one that they know is powerful and strong. Right. So exactly. So you wouldn't want to have her be taken away from you, right? So we got to understand that for white people, white men, white women, there's characters that they care about. And it was you who told me. You don't, you're the one who said this to me. Oh, they'll never give us a black Clark Kent. And I, oh, and I yeah. agree with you because, again, this is the most iconic hero of the world, Superman. He's yeah. the first. We got to expect that they don't want to just give him up. And we have to be understanding about that. You, like you said, I was the one who told... They, they're never going to make Clark Kent or... They're never going to make him black, right? They can have alternate universes all they want to, but if the main the main person or the main universe that they have, what Earth One, whatever you want to call it, there will never be a black Superman. But... And no one is asking him to change that. But what I'm saying is that he can't even have a lineage or like they, they can't even have something like it literally went back to the whole thing we were talking about maybe a few episodes ago where we were talking about the Superman and Lois, where one of the writers wanted, believe it was, you know, their, one of his parents to be black and they absolutely that shut that writer. out. Nadia Tucker is the same person. Okay. She was the same person. Yeah. She was on both shows. Okay. She wanted representation for, you know, for the Superman and Lois for one of his parents or somebody in there to be black, right? And they absolutely shut that idea down. So it, it, it seems like they don't even want a hint of anything. And at this point, you know, Martha, uh, Martha and, uh, and Jonathan Kent are his biological parents. So if, we, if we're like, okay, we understand, you know, they don't want, you know, his great-great-grandfather to have any kind of black in them. What about his adoptive parents? They can't be black either? Well, like, what I remember is that she wanted them to be, like, Latino immigrants. She felt that as farmers, that would make more sense. And she, she did make a great point. Mm-hmm. In, in 2021, yeah, Superman can have, you know, immigrant parents be raised by them and understand uh, the struggle through their eyes. But again, if I'm a person who cares about continuity, I don't want to give up anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, like for example, with Black Panther, you know, can they write a story where Black Panther has some sort of white ancestor? Sure. Do I want it? No. <laughs> I like the idea of this, you know, fictional black-led nation where everybody's black, you know, and the issues are black and their culture are black. And I don't need them rewriting things so that they can start inserting white people in there. I get it. Right. And so I, I, in the same way I, I want to keep, you know, black superheroes black, I understand their need to keep white superheroes white. I'm not mad at that, I don't, and I don't even think it's racist. You want to identify with something, I want to identify with something. But there is a right way to do it. And I don't think that taking the identity of traditional white characters is the solution. To me, it kind of shows how 
desperate we are if we have to keep taking their characters rather than making our own. Like, we won't feel important unless we insert ourselves in their story rather than make our story as though our story isn't good enough, it can't be rich enough, it can't be complex enough. No, the only way we can survive is if we take one of theirs. Right. And we have to get out of that mindset. I want to avoid this idea of race-bending a character to this race or this gender so that we can be seen as if we won't be seen unless we're in proximity to whiteness. And I, you know, just to push, hold on, sorry to cut you off, but just to push back on that, I think the reason why a lot of it does, especially in the superhero genre, is there because there are very few black superheroes around and actors need to work. Let's be honest. So I think that's where a lot of the problem is coming from is like not especially just in the superhero world. That's what I'm talking about. Let's, you know, let's let's create other characters for ourselves in other types of, you know, movie, movies and and TV shows and and I get that part. But specifically in the superhero genre, it is very hard to just come up with a, a new not impossible, but it is hard to come up with a new character that people will automatically gravitate towards. And I think the reason why we have this whole race-bending issue is because you, you kind of have to sometimes just in order to have black actors be in your movie. But that's, that's just what I want to say. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. And I, and I do understand that. It's going to be hard at first, but it's going to be well, well worth it. Is going to be well worth it in the end. Once we get that character we can identify to stick. Because then we never have to worry about a day when that character has to be race bent. Because again, they could race bend, say, Superman now to a black man. And we'll be so happy. But then in a couple of years, what if they race bend it to Asian? Then we're upset. Mm, I see what you mean. Because we had something and now we lost it. And because we were the ones asking to race bend and asking for diversity, right. well, we can't really say anything if they decide to race bend again. Right. But if we have characters that already belong to us from the beginning and those characters are a success, then we never have to worry about them being taken away. And what I'll say about the show Krypton is that they didn't have to put the Duke as Superman's grandfather. But what they could have done was put him part of the Val Zod family, which is an actual family of black Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. That's in the comic books, right? And you could insert them into the storyline and give them significant roles, and then black people would have a presence. They can be Kryptonians, and then we would have a story that is part of the Superman mythos. Right. So that's why I feel like, yo, instead of bending characters, introduce the characters that you typically don't hear about and give them a stronger role. Yeah. They don't have to overshadow the main character, but make their presence known. They can do that. They choose not to. And I believe, the, the, like I said earlier, the reality is that these white men in power, you know, what they, what they are really afraid of is creating these strong minority characters, strong women, you know, that will overshadow the white male hero of the story. They don't want that. So they give you a bunch of excuses and trickery and confusion that keeps you from getting, giving us the characters that we want. 
That's what I feel the real game is. They could give us these characters. They choose not to. Yeah. All right, um, let's move on. I really want to get to the story, so have a little bit of time to get to it. Joss Whedon. So last year, Justice League star Ray Fisher played Cyborg in the movie and made some allegations against director Joss Whedon. So Whedon took over as director for the DC Warner Brothers film to uh, oversee post-production and reshoots after director uh, Zack Snyder stepped down in May 2017 to grieve a family tragedy. And as we all know, side note, have you seen the Snyder Cut uh, Justice League movie? Uh, no. No, I, I've heard a lot of Yo. good things about it. I've watched clips. I've heard Bomb. a lot of I've seen it. I, saw, I sat down and watched the whole four hours. That, that's the only Justice League movie, in my opinion, that matters. That one in 2017, that one can go in the trash and sit in the trash. Right. <laughs> Bomb. Anyway. Let's. I I would want us to talk about it at some point. Um, maybe even when you've gotten a chance to watch it, because it it truly is fantastic. But yeah, so so Ray Fisher came out and wrote on Twitter: "Onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by producers. Guess who? Jeff Johns and John Burr." And during that time, I believe the only two people that came out to support him publicly were Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. But then earlier this year, Buffy and Angel star Charisma Carpenter echoed what Fisher was saying. And she talked to the Hollywood Reporter and actually, you know, accused the director of fostering hostile and toxic work environment on both the set of Buffy and Angel. She released a lengthy statement on, on Twitter, which reads in some part and claimed that the director continually, continuously made passive-aggressive threats to fire her, called her fat when she was four months pregnant, pitted cast members against one another, and unceremoniously fired her after accusing her of sabotaging the show. And uh, other members of, the, of both shows, Buffy and Angel, have both come out in support of Charisma uh, and also echoed um, what Ray Fisher initially said, which, by the way, you know, we'll get into that. But I think you, all, you brought out this great point about why is it that when Ray Fisher came out with his allegations, it was sort of swept under the rug, but it wasn't until Charisma Carpenter, a white woman, came out and said something, that's when all of a sudden more people are speaking out. But anyway, we'll exactly. get to that. So other members have come out, and including Buffy herself, Sarah Michelle Geller, who said, while I am proud to have my name associated with Buffy Summers, I do not want to be forever associated with the name Josh Whedon. And of course, James Masters has come out, who played Spike, and said that, you know, um, he was excited, you know, he was honored to play the role of Spike, but the set was not without its challenges, and you know his art goes out to all the people that were, uh, you know, experienced the abuse on the set. What do you think of all of this? I think it is kind of sad that, you know, when Ray Fisher was kind of standing alone, and he and he stood alone. You know, he, he kept did. saying the same thing. Uh, he did. He did only kind of tease about how the environment was. But again, it, it didn't seem to really blow up until Charisma Carpenter came out. Right. 
And that's kind of sad that, you know, the world can't really sympathize with a black man, right? They can't see him as being a victim. His word isn't enough. Like, they'll listen to us if we're dead on the street. You know, they see a video of us dead on the street, and after uh, watching the video a few times, then they'll say, oh, man, that was wrong. That's an injustice. But if, if we're not dead on the street, then we can't really be seen as a, as a victim, and that's what's sad. But I do want to say, you know, I appreciate what Charisma Carpenter did. She didn't have to after 20, 20 years. You know, she could have kept quiet about it. Right. But she didn't. She, she did decide to say something. But it does point out how we're, we're walking a different wall based on race and gender, you know. And these are the things that go on behind the scenes in our subconscious. And, you know, it's, it's really disheartening that the word of a black man can't be seen with, with empathy right. like somebody else, like Charisma Carpenter. It shows the kind of society that we're in story wasn't getting any traction nobody really you know they were sort of looking at ray fisher like you know you should just be grateful you know that you're you were even cast in a movie you know what i mean like this whole thing of like sit down and shut up and just be grateful and you know the only real person that came out to support him vocally at least male wise was jason momoa who said you know absolutely yeah. i support you dude like and i echo everything that you are saying and have said and it wasn't until you know i'm now i'm glad that you know people are now seeing this guy for who he really is but why is it that it took a white woman to come out and say oh this guy treated me this way for people to believe it like the word of, of ray wasn't good enough what really gets to me is that they said he was enabled because of, well, at least in the Justice League set, because of Jeff Johns and the people at DC. They enabled that behavior. But it seemed like this was going. This has gone back 20, 25 years because Buffy came out like, you know, in the 90s. So this has been going yeah. on for a minute with this guy. But yet he's still working in Hollywood, right? His career hasn't tarnished. His career is still go It's just all messed up, man. It's just all messed yeah. up. So and remember, Josh Whedon is supposed to be the male feminist and all that. Oh, this absolutely. All part of diversity. But when I watch some of his stuff, I'm like, you can see the, the layers of racism and sexism. You can see it a little bit. Not that we need to throw out all of his work. You know, some of it I feel like is good. It still has a place. But you can see the layers of it there. Yeah. And when you read Ray Fisher's statements, you're kind of like, wow. So it was the rabbit hole was a lot deeper than we thought. Absolutely. If you guys have not read the article, definitely read the article, the, uh, the Hollywood Reporter's article with Ray Fisher about this whole thing. You should definitely check. It's crazy. Like, the, just how everything went down and they, what he experienced on the set and just the atmosphere of it. It's just, it's crazy. And, and it's it's really hard for and uh, you know it just sort of like why would people want to want to be actors but you know it's like that's what they want to do with their life and and they shouldn't be held back because of the color of their skin like if they're good and if they're talented then it's you know it's like any other job why do you want to go to work and be harassed and, and be treated horribly by your boss like it, it's horrible and it's not just in the entertainment industry; it's everywhere. We've talked about it on this show, where we've both we've both 
talked about a little bit about our experiences, you know, at work. And we're just, we just have regular schmegular jobs, you know? So it's, it's really, it's really disheartening to hear things like this. Like it just really makes me sad, but the article also talked about how, you know, Ray Fisher wasn't the only Justice League star, you know, disgraced. The article also talked about uh, Gal Gadot, how she also had concerns about Wheaton taking over uh, Justice League. Um, and she said the biggest clash, according to the source that came, that, you know, wrote this uh, article or talked about this article, um, came from Gal Gadot, who pushed back on some of the new dialogue that Wheaton had written for her character. And in response, the director reportedly threatened to harm her her career and disparaged Wonder Woman's director, Patty Jenkins. That's crazy. And, you know, that that movie took a lot of heat because, you know, people were like, why are the Amazons wearing these skimpy outfits? You know, like, that's not what they wore in the Wonder Woman movie, but in the Justice... Like, it's it's just so many things coming up with this guy, and it's like, and you... You, like you said, you're supposed to be a champion of women and you're treating them like this? Uh, another wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, how else? Like, do you know that a lot of people who are really sick in the head, you know, like like people who are like, you know, pedophiles, for example, and I don't want to get too R-rated, you know, they'll become teachers. They'll, like, like you know, a person who wants to take advantage of others, they, they'll take positions in authority. Like somebody who, who wants to take advantage of people will become a police officer. They'll get into positions that'll get them close to what they want to do and pretend that I'm here to protect you or aid you. That's what, that's what some of these sick people do. Yeah. So I believe he's like, he was pretending to be this so that we wouldn't see what he really is. Right. And that's what it was. That way, if anybody ever could... That way, if anybody ever accused him, they would say, well, no, 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 Josh Whedon, he's a male fe- he's a male feminist. He wouldn't do that to women. He made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, right. that's, that's his, that gives him the immunity that he needs so that we don't see how he really treats women. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those people that just accuse a man that goes along with just accusing a man. I definitely don't want to do that. But I'm not going to act like there's not a possibility that he was a wolf in his clothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, people from most of his projects that he's worked on, you know, people from Krypton has come out and said that absolutely he was like that on set. Justice League stars have come out uh, back in the day, you know, shows Angel and Buffy. At some, you know, all these people aren't coming out and lying. And these are people from you know, 20 years ago till, till recently. So all these people can't be lying. All these people can't be making it up. So I don't know. Do you think that his career will suck? No. Yeah. He's given, he's made too many successes, probably given people, uh, people he's made them too, too much jobs. money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like, like if you, if you read a lot of what Ray Fisher said, you know, it wasn't just Josh Whedon's behavior, but the people around him that protected him right. made excuses for it. Like Jeff you know, Johns and, and people at DC. Yeah, you're right. It's a whole system. You're yeah. absolutely right. They will see him do something, and then they will quickly like, oh, are you okay? No, it's, it's not a big... Don't take it personally what he did. It's okay. And the thing yeah. is, like, with most people, we want to give people second chances. Yeah. 
We want to do that. When we see, the thing is, like, Hollywood has taught us that racism is this evil, evil thing. Sexism is this evil, evil thing. And then when we see it, it's so obvious we want to do something. But in reality, you know, when people want to be racist or sexist, they do it very subtle. They do it with a smile. They come off as a friend. And when they finally do it, we want to give them a second chance. We want to give them a benefit of the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to get them fired. But that's exactly why they do it the way they do it. Right. They do it with a smile so that, you know what, you won't really complain about it. And I feel like that's what Josh Whedon has been doing for years. You know, he did it in a way where others would protect them. Uh, some of these other actors from Buffy and Angel, they will talk about, you know, now that this is out, they will talk about experiences and then they would realize how, how he would do things, you know, in a very strategic sense. Right. He would compartmentalize it. Like, he wouldn't do things out in the open, but he would do things very subtly. Right. And then there's that one girl from Buffy who was 15 at the time. Michelle? Buffy's sister. Yeah, Michelle right. Trachtenberg. She said that she was never, yeah. she could never be alone with him. Like, it was a rule on set that she wasn't allowed to be alone with him. Exactly. That's crazy. Now, that was the thing that bothered me the most. I mean, everything else I could be like, he, it just sounded like he was a jerk. Right. I could, I could dumb it down to that. You know, he was a jerk on set. But, you know, when, when there's a room, when there's when people are saying you can't be alone with a 15-year-old, now we got to do some investigation. Right. Right. All right. But this is about Ray Fisher, though, or, or at least for me. Some of the things that Ray Fisher said he went through was that his character was dumbed down to a catchphrase and yeah. no, no complexity, you know, no yeah. layers to it. And apparently, like in the Snyder Cut, you know, they give Cyborg a real story. Literally, the movie is about him. Uh, the in the Snyder Cut. The movie is based around Cyborg. Like he is the star I of the, of the movie. Like he is the star of the movie. And in the 2017 version, he's literally no like he's dumbed down to a caricature of himself. Like he's there yeah. just to be there. No storyline, no no nothing. But in the Snyder Cut, like he's he's the main person. So. I, I definitely believe that. Even even in the uh, the Whedon of film, I felt like you know, like based on his origin, it seems like he's supposed to have a much bigger role. These are things that I pick up on, you know, when it comes to filmmaking. I'm like, it seems like he should have had a much that's, bigger role here. That's what was, was supposed to be done. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. They were almost done with filming, and he went back and rewrote majority of it, and he cut mm -hmm. his he cut all his parts out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Patty like Ray Fisher talks about how like they cut out scenes with his parents, mm -hmm. and of course his parents are genius level black people. Yep. Although of course those scenes can't those scenes can't be in the movie because yep. we got you know smart black people there they can't. His dad literally yeah, runs it, it, Star Labs. Like, his dad runs... Yeah. Like, go see the Snyder Cut. The movie yeah. is about him. It's about him and his parents. His parents have a, a chance to shine. He has a, a space to shine and grow. He's the hero of it. Like, even though, you know, it's a group of heroes, but he he literally is the one who saves the day. Like, the thing that, that got me was when he was just saying how, like, they wanted him to kind of be like a Quasimodo mm. in the film. 
Mm. And, you know, like, the way he took it was like, you want him to be like a person born with a handicap, right. hiding from the world. And he's like, nah, that doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me. Like after that, after that Snyder cut, I'm like, yo, I need more cyborg. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I want more. Cause it was just, he was just such a compelling character. And, and that's how a lot of people felt. They were like, yo, why didn't we see this in the 2017 movie? You know? So, I don't know. I mean, well, now we know why. Because, you know, Josh Whedon was a terrible human being. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and apparently right. they wanted Gail Godot to be more aggressive. Yes. He wanted her character to be more... Wonder Woman isn't aggressive. Her thing is all about love and, and humanity and... Anyway. Well, I can't say that. I can't say that. The Probably the first movie really does make her more like a a loving, warm figure. In a comic book, she seems like a, a warrior. Real warrior. But <laughs> I, I can hear where she's coming from, you know, when they're trying to change her character. Because I think from, Wonder Woman else. already came out before the Justice League movie came out, right? If I'm not mistaken? Yeah. 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 So you can't have a movie, one movie where she's, you know, all about love and warmth and this and that. And then in the other movie, she's aggressive and, and all about breaking heads and like it doesn't mesh but anyway i don't know all right we are going to stop right here and uh do you have any any last words no I'm, I'm waiting i'm waiting to catch up with you you know have more discussion this to me this was really good really important to actually talk about really you know just um the issues that, that we go through from top to bottom yeah, and that we can no longer be dismissed, disregarded, put into put baby into the corner. None of that stuff is, is happening anymore. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Um, there's so many discussions to be had. There's so much happening in the world right now, man. And, you know, all of these con- conversations and topics are important and we do hope we can share it with you. As, as much as we can and we do appreciate all of you guys for listening and and being a part of the conversation so continue to to listen to start your own conversations with your own friends and family about it thank you guys for joining us today we hope you enjoyed this episode catch us on social media at the foreign lady podcast and on our website foreignladymedia.com and uh, email us at the foreign lady podcast at gmail.com Thank you guys so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.